thank you for tuning in to the after show after party i am toya haynes and i'm nikki Wright. and listen we are so excited about this episode i know we're excited about every episode but as much as i was excited about the last episode because i'm a huge Jim jackson fan nikki in her mary j blige t-shirt as we speak is very excited to talk about the what uh First of all, I'm not excited. Um, I can go see Jesus now. <laughs> no, you cannot. <laughs> no, ma'am. It's it's beyond excitement. It is. I am bubbling and bursting um, about the My Life Mary J. Blige documentary on Amazon Prime. I mean, Nikki doesn't get excited about too much, but Ooh. man, this year, this this is this is for real an after party, like. So let me say this. Yeah. Mary is my first and only girl, like, crush, Mm -hmm. like, as an artist. Mm -hmm. Nobody before her and nobody since. And I love, like, there's some vocalists that I love. Layla, Mm -hmm. Brandy, Faith. But nobody touches me, scrapes my guts. (laughs) Feels like chitlins and brown liquor. Like Mary J. Blige. (laughs) That would not do well on your stomach. God, dog. I'm just saying. This, I literally had watched this documentary and had chills. Like goosebumps all over me. And the first time, I was just kind of soaking it in. But the second time, Mm -hmm. I completely tapped in. So I'm ready to go. As a Mariologist as you have called yourself as a Mariologist. How did you feel about there being a singular documentary like on a on an album and not on her actual life? Well, at first I was upset. Okay. Because I just love everything Mary. But because my life was such a huge and important body of work, um, it's like when you're looking at Marvin Gaye and saying, you know, what's going on. Yeah, Art, yeah. Certain artists just have a a piece of work that, that is attention. complete yeah. from beginning to end, mm-hmm. right? And we don't know anything about that now because these young bucks, you know, they they put out singles. Yeah. You know, but but we were full bodies. We and came TikTok from a songs, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So this was an important piece of her history. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it deserved, it deserved Absolutely. a documentary. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, She's so happy right now. I love it. I'm, 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 <laughs> you don't even understand. Like tears are in my eyes. I love it. It is um, the gutter to the palace. And at the end of this, you just feel like if she can do it, you can do it. Yeah. Like you feel enlightened, mm. you know. And, you know, if you know Mary, you know that she would cuss you out and cut you. And so to see her in royalty now, you're just like, man, this... after being through so much, so much, she just turned 50, 50 she just turned 51 right. this year. I think so. Yes. She just turned 51 this year. It looks better than ever. My gosh. She's putting me to shame in all types of ways. That's a bad girl. See, I, I, listen, I looked at her. I was like, can I, can I get the divorce body without the divorce? That's true. Like the revenge body. <laughs> With no revenge, because she but she puts in the work. She looks incredible. All right, let's get ready to do it. So, what was it about the documentary that you appreciated the most? I think when you know somebody's pain, mm-hmm. 
you know what they've gone through, how they got there, how they tapped into that mm. means everything. There's a difference between somebody giving you a song and telling you to sing it. Yeah. And there's a difference in pinning the song and willing to rip the cover off. Because if you've ever seen Mary in, in a lot of interviews, she's very, she has a wall up. Oh, yeah. Right? Her and Keisha Cole. And she probably wouldn't like that comparison. She probably would. I think she would. I don't know. I don't know if she would like that comparison. There have been comparisons between herself and Keisha before. Mm-hmm. Not singing style, but the way they tap into emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the way she taps in, she's like, look, in an interview, I'm going to be cold as heck. But you put me in front of a mic and I'm going to strip all the way down. I'm taking the flesh off. It's mm. just bone and marrow. How many artists give you that? Yeah. But she also talked about her upbringing and why in the documentary and why she became that way at a very young age from being sexually abused, from uh, the divorce of her parents, from all these things that living where she lived in this project, she was like, you can't smile. You should not. Like, it just was in an area where you would always want to put on a smile. So she learned at a very young age to not smile. Except... When she would hear the Royal Air song, song, right? Yeah. Right? And spoke to her. It was like, it's almost like prophesying, like, you know, everybody wants to be in that sunshine. Mm. And and I'm in this darkness, but I hear in some place that nobody's told me I can have. Yeah. But I'm hearing right here Mm -hmm. in this piece of music that I can have sunshine too. Mm -hmm. And she plants that like a seed in her. Yeah. Right? And it's like... I'm holding on to this. I have nothing else to hold on to mm-hmm. because she talks about not only knowing that her mother was abused by her father uh, yeah. when she said that, um, hearing through the walls of the projects, other women, other women, yeah, being beaten, mm-hmm. right, abused by men, and all she had was this little kernel to hold on to mm-hmm. because nothing in her environment, hallelujah, nothing in her <laughs> environment. <laughs> told her that she could have sunshine yeah. except for this one piece. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, it it it's not like fanning out. It's like how a person who all she knew was despair mm-hmm. held on to one ray of light, literally like playing in her ear, this light, yeah. this sunshine playing in her ear and turned her whole life around. Mm-hmm. How is that not how is that not a movie? You know, I I know that she, through her production company, she's going to do a like a rom com from Real Love, which I think is going to be interesting. That she's going to do something like humorous right. off of that. So I think that's a nice flip. Speaking of the Roy Ayers song, it was cool to hear about which songs influence. I mean, of course, we know the samples that are in my life, but it was cool to hear how that Roy Ayers song played into that. I know one of the disappointments that some people have had about the documentary is that it didn't really go into how these songs were created, like the process, like the in-depth process. Some people felt the same way about the Janet documentary, which I totally get. Um, But just like the Janet documentary with Mary being so private, I will take whatever she wants to give me because it's usually not a lot. How did you feel about that? I didn't think she shorted us because all I care about is the fact that she was like, listen, I was crying out. Yeah. When you go back and look at her lyrics, it's like life can be only what you know what you make it. Like Mm-mm. she's speaking her pain. 
if you really want to know the process, just read the dang lyrics. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I don't think the lyrical. I think it was more so like the musical process no. and everything. But but even so, when um, Big Bub, when she was talking to Big Bub and and Puff, and they were all who? What does he go by now? It does, he was Puff then. Brother Love. Puff, just he was Puff then. Just whatever. So Puff, they were talking about personally all that they were going through, and I think to the point of saying, you know, we would have liked more about the creative process because it was such a dark time. Something like that, you might not want to relive. You might, you know what I mean? That's so many true. times you might not want to go into the the creativity. You might not even remember because of all those other things. So I understand it not being a, a focal point at all. And it can just take you into a place that you can't get out of. Yeah. Like in the documentary, you could tell at moments when they were playing the track, she was like going back. Yeah. Almost like, I'm afraid that you, you know, are you going to be able to come come back from this, going back, thinking about everything she's seen and everything she's endured? What I loved was, rest in peace to Andre Harrell, how he heard her voice and heard the pain of the streets. Yeah. And it's so funny because I think Ed Lover heard her tape or something at his house. Like somebody, it might have been Andre, brought, mm -hmm. it, brought her tape to his house. And he was like, I don't hear it. <laughs> like I, I, don't, I don't hear. I'm like the moments in the documentary where they showed the raw footage of Young Mary recording, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you hear that raspy tone and everything. I'm like sitting there. What else do you want her to do with the song? I don't think anybody could do with that to the to the songs in my life like Mary did. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody could touch it. But when you hear the raw footage, take away the music, mm -hmm. you can't tell me you cannot tell me that you don't hear the pain that you don't know it's real and you know for years she talked about people just want me to to have like a um people want me to have a bad experiences and pain so I can put out this music and I'm like look if you can put out this music without the pain I'm all for it it just seems like that's your best work you know what she has fallen into that and I do feel bad because there are other singers like um like Adele was like that. Uh, Alanis Morissette was like that. I love her. Whereas, let's say Adele, when that people found out she was going through a divorce, be like, "Oh, the album about to be bomb!" Because right? before, when she was happy, yeah, the songs are still great. She's a phenomenal artist. But there's something about knowing an artist that's very personal and very like transparent that you feel like, "Oh, this is about to be a really good album." When she's going through something. Her songs are like grits and gravy. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember when like Be Happy came out, I was like, I don't want to be happy. <laughs> she was trying to be happy though. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to be happy. I just, I just, which is true. Yeah. You know, I just, um, man. Yeah. I just think she's one of the best to ever do it. She definitely is. I liked her explanation when um, she was being interviewed by Elliot Wilson one of my favorite, favorite journalists. And <laughs> they were talking about like the upbeat songs on there. Mm. And she said, even if you'll notice, even on the upbeat songs, like, I don't want to fuss and fight. Right. So it's like, even these songs, there's, there's certain, there's certain songs on the album where there is this dichotomy where it's like, I don't want to fuss and fight. And you hear all this pain and I deserve better and all these things. But then it's also, you're the man that I prayed for. Right. You're the one I'm supposed to be with. It's like, And I think that's part of the reason why my life was so popular and still rings true, particularly to women, is because we really go through all of that. 
Like we know, we know what's best, but we know what we want, you know, and all those things can be true at the same time on the same album. But you know, what's so interesting about that is it touches women, the average everyday woman, because in our viewpoint, you have it all, Mary, right? You got, in our mind, you have money mm-hmm. and you have fame. And she's saying, and with all that, I am absolutely miserable yeah. and I want more. So sometimes if I have this, I'll be happy. If I have that, I'll be happy. And she's like, listen, I have those things. I'm going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. I was going through that when I had nothing. And now I have a little more and I'm still going through it. And it was like, how many women need to hear that message. How many women need to hear it's not just you alone? Because yeah. sometimes you think you're the only person going through something. And then she came in and said, I want you to know, I'm not just telling you about somebody else's story. This is my story. I'm going mm-hmm. through this right now. Yeah. And I'm trying to get to that point of happiness. There's a quote that she said that I really like. She said, I didn't write it for the masses. I wrote it for me. Yes. I really like that where I'm sure countless, countless fans have said, you know, oh, you wrote this for me, or this is my story, or this is, you know, you got me through this. And I'm sure she appreciates that. I think Amy Winehouse, who was it? Someone said to Amy Winehouse, your songs really got me through a rough point. And Amy Winehouse said, I wish they had helped me. Boo. Right. I know, right? And I wonder if sometimes reliving those songs from my life like makes her feel that way. That's tough. But it's it's conscious therapy. It's tough. Like for her, she's saying, I did it for me. Like when her nephew was talking about it, like I discovered my life yeah. years later and it did this. And she's like, I did it for me. It, it's about me. She said, my life is not in the sunshine. Yeah. My life is hell. My life is me not being able to get things out of my head. Yeah. Not being able to get uh get being molested out of my head. And it's like, how many individuals have that same yeah. story? How many individuals keep replaying? And so she's like, I'm trying to write this out so that I can move forward. You don't feel like she's trying to hover there. She's just saying, I know that when I write, I'm pouring out. Mm-hmm. And hopefully I can get to the point where I don't have to hold on to that anymore. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you a gripe that I had, though, about Uh-oh. the documentary. <laughs> it's a small gripe. It's a small gripe. But it's a gripe nonetheless. Okay, go ahead. So, you know how a lot of this, all of this, it really is about Casey, mostly. Okay. 99.9% of this album, My Life, is about Casey, Haley, of JoJo, and Casey and JoJo, and now... <laughs> Um, I really want to know what type of audacity it takes to sing on a record that is about you. Jay-Z did it. Way down the line. (laughs) Way down the line. It's almost like, it's almost like my life walks so Lemonade could run. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you gotta believe, which is such a heart wrenching, heartfelt song. Casey has the nerve, audacity, and unmitigated gall to say, "Mary, I hear you loud and clear." And every time I hear that now, I'm like, "Do you? Do you really, do you, Casey?" 
is why won't you believe in me? Like, that infuriates me to no end. Like, not only is this album about you, but you are singing on it and responding. And they never addressed Casey being on this album. And I so badly wanted that. Okay, so here's my question, which would be interesting to see. Were they, they probably weren't in the studio at the same time singing it, which would have been ridiculous because she, I'm sure she would have turned, right, and been like, you know, are you hearing me? Oh, but, but, back to the Janet documentary, Uh-oh. those songs that wound up being about Renee. Right, right. So I wonder if this is the same thing. It was like, but you the cash cow. So just, you can really say whatever you want about me right now. But I don't think that Casey cared. I, I don't know Casey personally. You do not. He was getting booty all over the place. So I don't really think that it mattered to him because guys have a special type of arrogance. Like they can develop a special type of arrogance. Um, oh, it's the audacity. Yeah. Like, it's like, in the y like chromosome. Jermaine Dupree. It's, it's in the white chromosome. And I mean, yeah, yeah, Janet. And you still were like thirsty for, <laughs> so with Casey, you got married. What else do you want? So she's pouring out her heart, but I have learned that guys can kind of check out from that. So we're like, can't you feel it? But yeah. guys kind of, you know, they compartmentalize. Oh, you're not talking about me. It's another Casey. It's like, <laughs> this could be any guy. It's almost like, it was just like, what's that book? I reference this a lot. The uh, women are like spaghetti, men are like waffles. What? It's a book. I've never heard this. Yeah, it's like women are like spaghetti, men are like waffles. Where, and as a woman that goes through this, it's like our feelings, like like a ball of spaghetti. You know what I mean? Like or like even like a ball of yarn, where like everything is connected. Like I could be upset about one thing, but it can very much affect the string of things in my life in some capacity. Where they say men are like waffles is their ability to compartmentalize just like a waffle. Like, you know, those little holes like where a waffle is. Mm -hmm. So like this don't affect (laughs) over here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This is just over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I I wish I I wish I had that capability. I do not. And I think I think maybe that's what that is. On the flip side, they are. I've never heard her sing uh, with another male artists and sing the the voices blend so well oh man and i've heard her sing with others mm-hmm. nothing it's it's just not the same when mary and casey sing together it's, like it. it's a perfect vocal union and man if if they could tolerate each other <laughs> just for a moment and we could see that one more one more again if they could tolerate, I'm sure he could tolerate her, but I think she couldn't tolerate him. Mm-hmm. I, I just get that feeling because I think she's not tolerating anybody right now. Anybody. And after can do, it's like, mm, can't do. <laughs> <laughs> but if they could do that one more again, I think it would be magic. When you go and look at, um, remember when they were on MTV? Unplugged. Up to, um, Unplugged. That was one of those performances where like, should we even be in the room? Right. And and if you remember them on the Arsenio Hall mm-hmm. show singing together, yeah. the harmony, the connection, I don't know what, what other male and female artist did did that, had that kind of chemistry. I don't know, but I feel I feel like with them coming up at the same time, where their stardom coming up at the same time, they were very influential with each other. I think it's the same 
I mean, this is like way down the line, so we could talk about it now. But like with Brandy and Wendy Morris, like if you listen yeah. to Broken Hearted, oh, yeah. I have not heard either one of them sing with someone from the opposite sex in the same way that they sang together. Like you can even hear Wanye's influence in some of Brandy's vocals and vice versa. So yeah, some people are just well matched musically, but otherwise not so much. I don't know. I just, I want to, I want well, I know you guys want it one more again too. So um, other people that were in the documentary speaking about Mary J. Blige and the impact of my life were Taraji P. Henson. Mm-hmm. They were in that movie together, Tyler mm-hmm. Perry's I Can Do Battle By Myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alicia Keys, who also grew up in New York and talked about Mary and my life and the influence of her uh, on her as a teenager. And Clifford Smith, otherwise known as Method Man, mm-hmm. otherwise known as Sensuous Chocolate. Otherwise known as, I don't even know what to say. Like it's it, how, like how we're not going to get into all that, but <laughs> just how, how sir. Um, yeah, I think, I think um, with them coming up around the same time and like what they were able to do together and just what she did for hip hop and what hip hop yeah. did for her. And that's why it was so important for him to be in that documentary. Absolutely sure. because she had the grit and the grime. Sometimes you'll have like um a singer and a rapper and they get together just because it's the in thing to do. Yeah. But this time it was just a perfect marriage mm-hmm. because Meth is gritty as heck. Mm-hmm. And Mary is gritty as heck. So even when you see the video, yeah. right? And it's like the original video where they just bobbing the head heads, bobbing together, right? yeah, yeah. And you're just sitting here like, yeah, like that's her contribution. Mm-hmm. Nobody can touch her. If you um look back at an old Mary video, she talks about how yeah they they're trying to make more me. Mm-hmm, they're they sure try, They're trying to get them to dress like me and mm-hmm. sound like me, but mm-hmm. there's no other yeah. Mary. I am like I'm not a creation. Mm-hmm. Even what Misa and um and Puff did. They just brought out who she was, yeah. you know? So, yeah, what what Meth did and what Mary did together just added to the mystique that is Mary, that the urban, the urban grime, gritty, real, like, her vocals on that mm-hmm. are just, like, they're not even pretty. They're not pretty. But and that's it, what makes it. Cool. That's what makes it real. Yeah. I will take. I will take when it comes to my life, and most things really. I will take an honest, heartfelt vocal that might not be technically mm-hmm. perfect mm-hmm. over a technically perfect vocal with no feel and no soul whatsoever. And I think my life just gives you that. Which goes to my next point. Comes to my next point. I think it's really interesting that. Of course, Puff and Andre Harrell were talking about how important she was, like when she came up and and how she was this voice and everything. But it makes me wonder how it's going to sound like I'm like shading Puff. And that's fine, honestly. I actually actually have no problem with that. Okay. Um, (laughs) Zero problem with that. It seems like back then they really knew what like young black youth wanted to hear and like what was the voice of them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's lost. A well, lot. It's like there's a lot of like, there's just a lack of soul in a lot of it. Well, 
you just said the key word, right? So we go look at, at my life in particular. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? So, okay, so I, I'm going to say a name that you know I'm going to know you're going to roll your eyes at. But I just watched the Stevie J documentary just out of curiosity. I'm going to roll my eyes. It's fine. Okay, I was ready for you to roll your no, eyes. No, I'm good. All right. And the thing that Puff, like he said, Stevie J said, you know, Puff doesn't play any instruments. But he, he has this intuition mm-hmm. that he knows, like, what needs to to be done. He yeah. knows the sound that he's trying to achieve. He can't sing. He doesn't play. I don't really think he writes. Mm-hmm. Writes, writes. His, his term, when, when they say he produced something, it's, it's not, I don't think, the traditional production right. that we think of. But when you look at the My Life album, look at how they purposely blended soul tracks uh, Barry White, mm-hmm. Curtis Mayfield, they heard her voice and said she is the link between those sounds. So she br- she ushered in, she brought back mm-hmm. that soul, right? If they would have laid her vocals over anything else, I don't think it would have been the same. No, not for this album. Um, even though, you know, we talked about how they don't really get into, get really in depth to like the creative process except for like chucky thompson may rest in peace there's so much loss in this camp this entire camp has endured so much loss it's crazy um big bub was talking about how he was personally going through some things he wasn't specific but he said he was drinking a lot during that time puffy said he was going through his issues with misa his um the mother of his first child and of course we know what mary was (laughs) your face (laughs) your face and we know what mary was going through um I love that they talked about that because I think something that we don't hear a lot and we we don't mention that I haven't mentioned it a lot is the impact of these songs on men on like cisgendered men mm-hmm. like on the fact that they can hear these songs and actually feel and and be as my friend Melanie says therapized <laughs> these songs, you know what I mean like these songs ring true for them I think as women we feel it very deeply because it's being sung by a woman about a man mm-hmm. um but the fact that a lot of the emotion and the heaviness that went into this album um was contributed by men that were going through pain that a lot of them don't really get to talk about. Brilliant. There is a project, I don't know if you heard it, but somebody you know is on it and it's called Men Men Love Mary. It was put out by soulbalance.com and it is men singing every song on my life. Eric Roberson's on it. T.L. Cross is on it. Doing uh you gotta believe. Oh, I gotta play it. I gotta play it. You gotta it's so good. Um who I think I think Chucky Thompson produced it, and I wish I could remember who else is on it. But every song of my life is sung by a man. It's called Men Love Mary. And to be able to hear these songs from a male perspective, I think is really, really beautiful. Because we forget. You know, I mean I, I forget, you know. And I think I think that is important to speak about and, and speaking about Mary's impact that it really isn't just on women. You know, I'm sure there's a brother out there crying to I'm not going to cry. There's a brother out there crying to I'm, <laughs> your face. You're like feelings. I don't know, but you got to believe. Yeah. There's some brothers crying. There's some brothers crying and drinking some brown liquor. You got to believe there ain't no way in the world. There's not. And they're not doing it in front of anybody else. They're, they're not. Doing, they're doing but it. But they just, come on now. You got to believe. I'm, for that one, for sure. Um, 
And so again, in just just paying accolades to her to her impact, I think that says a lot. That there could be a whole album, you know, of men singing these songs because my life might not have been for them. It wasn't necessarily for anybody, but Mary. But it touched them. It connected. It's touched them too, and they connected with it. Mm-hmm. There's this really beautiful moment in the documentary where, in the beginning, they're talking about how she was discovered singing "Caught in the Rapture," and then you fast forward years and years and years and years and years later, and she's on stage with Anita Baker singing "Caught in the Rapture." That was the tape that opened up the door for her. Yeah, and just to see that full circle moment, I have in my notes here that Anita Baker. What did I put? I put Anita Baker is my favorite musical instrument. <laughs> she is a musical instrument. She's my favorite musical instrument. Like, ever. You cannot go wrong with any Anita Baker album. There are no skips. Period. Um, and to hear how that was just such a great influence and even everything that Anita Baker has gone through, her being an influence on Mary, I think was a really nice touch to be able to see that moment on the documentary. What I found um, interesting... Mm-hmm. And a little perplexing. Okay. They had the group of fans who kind of sat in a room and discussed. Oh, yeah, yeah. What my life meant to them. Mm -hmm. So I had a couple questions as I was watching it. Like, did they put an ad in the newspaper? (laughs) Uh How did they select these individuals? Mm -hmm. And I understand the intent. I think on paper, it sounded like a good idea. Right? Let's have these fans. And I still think they could have had fans. Mm-hmm. And it I just felt like it missed it missed its target. I didn't love it. I hear you. Yeah. And I didn't love it. Because you had a number of people in the room kind of, yes, it touched me and da 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 da. da. I would have preferred if you want to include fans, which I think is great. Yeah. Maybe take three fans with great stories mm-hmm. of how it individually, a song individually touched their lives yeah. in in a specific moment. Yeah. And you know how they actually had like the, the illustrations of Mary, right? Yeah. Um, which I loved. I loved I how thought, they wove that in. I thought that if they would have taken maybe 60 seconds, a minute and a half vignettes of maybe three fans. Yeah. And they talk about a particular song. So, so, three different songs Mm -hmm. and really say, Hey, this is what I was going through at the time. And when I heard this song and they kind of break, really break that, um, that fan story down, not Mm -hmm. long, but dive deep enough that we can connect. Like, because I could feel like if you did that, we would have tears in our eyes. I absolutely agree. I did think that the parts where they interviewed those fans or they had them all discussing, I do feel like that would have been a much more moving and impactful moment in the documentary had they done it the way that you said it versus having kind of like this round table. Right. I feel like that kind of missed the mark. I didn't love that at all. No, because they didn't dive deep. Yeah. I mean, nice for them. Right. (laughs) Like, nice for them, but I didn't love it in the documentary. Yes, we all, you know, we, it really touched us. It, it touched us. Give me an example. And mm-hmm. then the one guy did. He he talked about how um, it touched him when he was going through being a big guy and his sexuality yeah, and things yeah. like that. So I did respect that. But I think they should have yeah. maybe tweaked that a little bit. I don't think it, it hit the mark. Yeah. But it did touch the importance of what this this particular project meant. 
mm-hmm. and means to to everybody who is an appreciator of the Mary era, which continues on. Which continues on. The Mary reign don't stop. Uh, <laughs> it don't stop. Uh, aside, I don't know if you know this. What? So you know Mary and Meth work together now. On power, your jam. I, I haven't. On, I don't watch ghost. it. But, but oh, ghost. Oh, ghost. Okay. The sequel. Isn't it? It's it's part of power, right? Yes. I, it's I, the you sequel. know, I don't, I don't watch things. Go ahead. It's the spinoff. Right. I mean, yeah. So just shout out to them. <laughs> they're back together again. Just went to okay. watch it. Okay. Yeah. They're back. Not 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 in bed. Not in bed. <laughs> but all right, that was just an aside. Okay. <laughs> you know, you and I talked about something in regards to my life. Um, the album. You had asked me if you asked me if, if my life made me sad, and because you said it's something that you don't really, I don't play often. You don't play often, Mm-mm. and so I went back and listened to it, and I kind of had to turn it off. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's one of those things where, as a woman, and you get older, and you experience more in life, you hear different things that maybe you didn't hear before i remember when i got my life i remember i think i went to sam goody <laughs> went to sam goody i bought the cd got in the tub and listened to it and i remember back then my songs were the songs like which songs can i dance to right like which songs can i am i gonna have like a little routine too am i gonna love and those songs were i love you and um mary's joint those were like my jams. Everything else I appreciated. I mean, I love the album, but I can I can definitely say even the up tempos now. Just going back to it and listening to it, it's like, oh, this this might not be the day <laughs> for this. I might need to revisit this album at another time. But you're saying you still feel the same way. You just don't into it. You know why? Because you know there's a connection between music and where you are in your life. So you know yes. when you hear an old song, you know. You know where you lived. You know what grade you were in. Yeah. You know, and so when I listen to my life, I know I remember who I was dating, mm. and I remember the hell he was putting me through. Yeah, and I remember playing it in my bed. Like I can visualize it right now, playing it in my bedroom. Like this is not good. This is not because yeah. I'm I'm about to start burning down stuff. Like, <laughs> like, ser- like it really right. You know what I mean? And one hand, you're like, why don't you love me? I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> and it's like, I could do without you. But I love you. But no, I can't. <laughs> so to this day, like I'm so over that relationship yeah. and, and and I've seen this dude and we're like cool and mm-hmm. whatever. But if I play that, I'm gonna wanna like um get some brown liquor. This brown so, liquor child. So I <laughs> I love the body of work. I love the soulfulness and richness. It's mm-hmm. it's a a a musical root to me. Hey, I like you that. like that. For I music? like okay, yeah. okay, okay. It's a musical <laughs> root. It's it's deep and rich, mm-hmm. and it's it's full of everything that we embrace about this thing called soul music. Yeah, and yet it is gut wrenching. And you need to watch a cartoon <laughs> after listening. Like, seriously. Like, oh, yeah. I definitely turned on some, like, real chipper 80s music after I tried to make it through my life. This like, week. I need to play, like, Soul For Real, Candy Rain, something yeah, light. No. I just was like, you, you're you turning this off today. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, 
here's what I feel about my life. So in the Bible talks about the 10 talents. Okay. And I say that because my life is a, a spiritual journey. It is a therapeutic journey. It is, is, you know, I I call Mary the bridge. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. it is a, a cultural musical journey from the continuation of seventies soul, Mm -hmm. um, moving forward. But what she did was she took this talent that was placed in her and she created therapeutic sessions for women and men, mm-hmm. some men mm-hmm. around the world. Yeah. And if you don't believe me, when you watch the documentary mm-hmm. and there, she's at the concert and she's doing the, the, the concert and she at one point stops singing and the audience yeah. is singing every note with intention and feeling mm-hmm. there is a difference between singing a song and singing with intention and feeling and at that moment when they pan out to the crowd these people are transported into a different place where they are remembering what this body of work meant yeah. to them yeah. they are remembering where they were what grade they were in who they were with that brown liquor they were pouring yes I- <laughs> It was not white zipping down. Can we get some brown liquor to sponsor this episode? Because this is hilarious unto me. It, it is. It's not a white Zinfandel moment. It is not a white Zinfandel moment. You might have a white Zinfandel moment with like share my world. Right. You might. Right. But this here. It's brown liquor. It is brown liquor it's, in a paper it, bag. It, it might be some Mad Dog 2020. It I mean, might it might be. So that's what I'm saying. Like. This pro- this one project, and as much as I love Mary, and we could talk about all her other projects, mm-hmm. this one project was a piece of therapy. Mm-hmm. People paid, I don't know what it what, what it was at the time, $12.99 for the CDs mm-hmm. a long time ago. Yeah. But they bought it and they did not know that, oh, some people like I thought I needed a counselor. Yeah, you didn't know it was about to jack you up when you when you bought it. But <laughs> you had no idea. But it also shows the power of music, mm-hmm. the influence of music, whether good or bad. Mm-hmm. In this case, she used her gift to walk herself through and inadvertently walked and ushered a whole generation of people yeah. through pain mm-hmm. by saying, I feel horrible. But there's something in me that sees that sunshine. Yeah. I want yeah. that sunshine. She did. Goes back to Royers. Always goes back to Royers. Uh, <laughs> she still says that she feels like my life is is the most important body of work in her whole catalog, which is understandable, I think. I think that that goes without saying. To me. You'd say the same, I'm sure. I think it's the most important body of work because it helped her do the most transformation mm. in a very dark time. Yeah. If another if another project did that same level of transformation for her, she would say that was her favorite. I, it, the first project, which I love, like yeah. it's my favorite, favorite. What's the 411? It's my yeah. favorite Mary project of all time. But. She wrote more on my life. She just mm-hmm. vomited those lyrics <laughs> up. 
So I can understand how when you pour it all out, this is my baby. I gave birth to it. In the in the documentary, when she's watching, um, when she's watching, like in old interviews, she says, That's my child and that's who I protect. Mm-hmm. And so this baby is that child. Yeah. Oh, she was talking about like her inner child that she protects, that she has to protect even still. Yeah. Oh God, that was so heartbreaking. That like, was so heartbreaking. So think about I want you to think about this. That one interview where she is interviewing with this woman and she talks about in the documentary how she does it. I probably didn't like her. I probably didn't like her energy. Yeah. Here you are to talk about your project. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is the time to spill it all out. And you know what she says? I held back. Yeah. Because I had to protect that baby. This person could not appreciate, in her opinion, Mm -hmm. this person could not appreciate this baby. So why would I give you any more? Mm -hmm. Listen to the CD. At one point, she's like, you understand? You understand? No, you don't understand. That's what she she literally (laughs) said. No, you don't understand. You don't get it. You don't get it. I got to protect this baby mm-hmm. and it's still her baby. She still gets really emotional when she talks about certain aspects and it's, it could have been, you know, it's been what, 30 years. Yeah. 30, it's been 30, 30 years. Same thing with Janet documentary. It was talking about her first marriage three marriages ago and was like, cut the camera. Like, it's like these things still, still stick with them. I wanted to ask you something. Uh, so my life got its own documentary, and rightfully so. Are there any other albums that you wish could get their own documentary? Uh, an album. An album. That you wish could, that you wish, or that you could see getting. I don't know anything about Marvin Gaye. Definitely, what's going on? Like the what's going on album. Yeah, I, I could, I could see that. I don't know if there's an album that. Okay, so there's an album that I love. I don't know if I want to see it as a documentary, yeah. but I just think it was beautifully put together. Which is, uh, Brandy, um, Full Moon. Mm-mm. What is it before it? Never say never. Never say never with, with Rodney Jerkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that. I would play that in my apartment with the lights off and the candles lit. Like I did, <laughs> like I literally played that in the apartment uh-huh. with the candles lit by myself. I, and I felt that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what was going on, but I felt that. But there's nothing else has moved me like that. I would really like to see, and I think this ties into Mary and how she, how important she's been to our generation. I would like to see something on Jasmine Sullivan's hotels. I think down the line, not right now, it's still early. It's still still cooking. Um, she's had visuals, great visuals, and you know they have the interludes in between and other things. And I think she's put out like a like an extended edition of Hotels. But I think to see its impact, I don't I don't think we've seen the impact of this album as of yet. Right. So I think down the line, I think it would be great to get a documentary on Hotels or Jill Scott's first album. Oh. I'm a huge Jill. I'm a huge Jasmine. Like when I say I'm a huge Jasmine Sullivan fan, I'm a huge. Like I go on YouTube and watch her at twelve singing home. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And I'm a huge Jill Scott fan because she is grits and gravy all day. So I could really see her first album, or maybe she had an album called what is it called? Woman. I want to say it's called Woman. Woman was the one she recorded in Nashville. Right. It's Woman. Yeah. 
I would love to hear the story behind yeah. that. I would love to see the production because it was very eclectic. Mm-hmm. It's it's musical yeah, that's choices. That's a different kind of album. It's a different kind of album. So yes, anything that's gritty and raw, and I think Jill does that, and definitely jazz. Jasmine does that. So, mm-hmm. but I think you're right. Like hotels down the line. Yeah, I'm not ready for it right now. Mm. Give me ten years on it, yeah, and then I think I'll go back and retrospect and say, you know what, I want to hear the story behind that. Mm-hmm. If you had to come up with one major contribution that this project made to its listeners, what would it be? Mm. The ability to see the other side, the evidence of seeing. The evidence of of getting through heartbreak and depression and the hardest things in your life and being able to see the other side. Because I mentioned Amy Winehouse and how she said that she wishes her songs would have gotten her through. Yeah. My life is not anywhere close to Mary's last album, you know? So I think... In a, in a time capsule of things, you know, it is the evidence of the of the darkest part. Mm-hmm. But even with "Be Happy" being the last song, it's still a glimmer of that sunshine, you know, that we talked about. Um, and I I think that's what's so great about it. It's like is you're not left without hope. You're not left without feeling like you can get through it or get over it. And I think that's that's part of the reason why it's so important. So I want to say that I'm so mad that you stole my answer. Oh, come on now. That can't be. I'm so, because if you think about it, that's what the whole project is about. Yeah. It is about acknowledging your current situation because that's what she does. She acknowledges her current situation, but she takes that one ray of light mm-hmm. and says, I want more than this. Yeah, yeah. And I just think about, and anybody can think about, Mm -hmm. anytime it gets dark, anytime we feel like no one understands, anytime we can't see something positive coming out of the darkness, you can put on this album, and then you can look at her life after mm-hmm. the album. Yeah. Even with the ups and downs, because there are ups and downs even after her life. But mm-hmm. that is, that's what life is. It really is. But the fact that somebody was listening to that album, but right before that, they were thinking about taking their lives. You mm-hmm. can't tell me. Oh, yeah. That somebody was on the on, on the verge of committing suicide over a relationship, mm-hmm. thinking... If I can't have this person, I don't want anybody and I'll just check out of here. Mm-hmm. Or if I can't have this person, I don't want them to live. And you listen to the body of work and you see, you know what? She's working her way through it. Yeah. And if she can work her way through it, I can find that one ray of light and work my way through it. Mm-hmm. And I think more than anything, that is the contribution of my life to every listener that will ever listen to the body work, mm-hmm. whether past, present, 
or future, wherever you are, just know that you look for that one ray of light and you hold on to that for dear life mm-hmm. and push your way through. Yeah. And that's why my life deserved its own documentary. And I'm so glad, so glad that it got it. Now I'm so glad that, that we've gotten, gotten to watch it. I'm like going to watch it again and see what else I can get from it. <laughs> if you haven't watched it, you need to watch it. You need, if you're always saying, you know, I don't really know Mary mm-hmm. in interviews. If yeah, I don't really know her in interviews. Mm-hmm. You will know her. You will feel her in this documentary. Well, that wraps up our review of My Life, the Mary J. Blige documentary My Life, which is on Amazon Prime. I don't know how long it's on there. It might be on there a while because it's it's like it's an exclusive. So just like Beyonce's Homecoming, it might be on there for a while, but I wouldn't wait. Make sure you watch it. Make sure you see it. Check it out. And let us know what you think about it. You can follow us on the socials at The After Show After Party. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Toya Haynes. And I'm Nikki Wright. And we'll... What do I say? I usually don't say anything. Uh -uh. Just cut that out. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.